Hi, this is Nathan Owens from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Tuesday evening at 7.30, we have a live call-in program discussing real-life issues from the Caribbean. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're listening to That's Truth, a live call-in program with Dr. David Murphy, designed to answer your questions biblically in this confusing culture. Dr. Murphy has over 30 years of counseling and ministry experience here in the Caribbean and is ready to answer your questions according to truth. Good evening and welcome to That's Truth. I'm Nathan Owens, and as usual, I'm joined in the studio by Pastor Dr. David Murphy. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening, Nathan. Our topic for discussion this evening is one that affects many individuals and families. It affects the wealthy and the poor, the common citizen and famous role models. It is the second leading cause of death worldwide for those between 15 and 29 years of age. It's a topic that's not often discussed openly. Our topic is suicide. Before we begin any questions, Pastor, I want to define three terms. First, for the sake of our discussion, suicide would be defined as the voluntary, intentional act of taking one's own life. Euthanasia would be the killing of another person with the intention of relieving their suffering. And assisted suicide would be helping someone else to end their life. Pastor Murphy, I was amazed when I was researching how common suicide is to find that every two seconds worldwide, there is an attempted suicide And every 40 seconds worldwide, someone successfully takes their own life. Why is suicide so common? There are several reasons um, why it's so common, but I think the fundamental cause behind most suicidal issues is the matter of depression. A lot of people are depressed, and they can't get themselves out of depression. But ultimately, it boils down to a sense of hopelessness, where life has lost its meaning and its purpose, and the individual is unable to cope. And uh, when a person goes to that level, they go into a very deep depression. And uh, if they don't get relief or help or some kind of um, form of uh, to commiserate the problem, uh, that puts them in a deeper, darker hole. And they believe that the solution to the problem, the easy exit, is to uh, commit suicide. So fundamentally, uh, people are under tremendous stress. Uh, unable to handle the stress that leads them into great depression, not having any Christian hope, uh, that leads them into despair, and they are misled by the enemy to believe that the easiest exit is uh, this matter of suicide. Do you believe it's becoming more common, or let me back up, is the world becoming more hopeless as time goes on? Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, because with the completely... Uh, the Western world turning its back on Judeo-Christian principles and the undermining of the Christian faith. Uh, in every Western civilization today, 
the very foundation upon which Western civilization was built is now being destroyed um, through the process especially of the evolutionary theory of Darwin and the advocates of those who completely are materialistic and have no belief in a transcendent being uh, they have no hope to offer the world if a man is told that he came into this world by chance by accident um, if he do, if that happened and he believed that there's no purpose to life there's no meaning to life and then there's no higher being to turn to when life hits you so hard that you have no human being who seems to be able to solve your problem so with the undermining of the Christian faith uh, there's no doubt about it that the world is becoming increasingly more hopeless and consequently it's not surprising that we're having an escalation in, in uh, suicides. Did I hear you correctly that you were saying that evolution followed down through a period of time could even lead to an increase in suicide because of an increase of hopelessness? There's, not, there's no question about that. Um, uh, again, man cannot live without purpose and meaning. Any one of us, um, I'm speaking to an audience, I'm not too sure how many of the percentage of the audience are believers or Christians, but um, man must have meaning, man has, must have purpose. But where do you find meaning and purpose uh, if there's no ultimate goal, there's no ultimate destiny, there's no accountability? Uh, if I'm here just by chance, by accident, um, what gives my life worth and dignity? And I don't think that people fully understood that once they went the evolutionary um, road, eventually it led to a cul-de-sac of hopelessness. But that's where we are today. So it seems like there's a trend that every topic, almost every topic that we're discussing here on That's Truth, as man ventures away from Scripture and away from the Bible, that it's always downhill from there. I think it's inevitable. I think the the Bible itself uh, tells us exactly how man came to the state in which he's, he's in currently. But remember, uh, in Romans chapter number one, it makes it very clear that man had full knowledge of the truth. And that uh, it was not man's ignorance, it was man's willful turning away from the truth and embracing a lie that sent man on a path of apostasy, uh, idolatry, and ultimately immorality. Uh, and that's where we are today. So there's no doubt, what, as man moves away from God, they lose hope, they lose purpose, they lose meaning. Um, every virtue, basically, that we treasured has a Bible base. But moving away from the Bible now, vice has become virtue. Uh, we've turned the tide, and now we have an inversion of morals. And uh, it's not surprising that as we continue down this line, that we will find increasingly people turning to drugs, turning to uh, hardcore drugs especially, trying to solve their problems. But ultimately, when they wake up the next morning, the problem is still there, but it has complicated their lives because the drugs have weakened their minds and affected their capacity to have energy and to perform. And that in itself uh, caused greater deterioration in the human personality and character. In an attempt to kind of set the the foundation here, what traditionally has been or historically the view of the church on suicide? It's interesting that for the first several centuries, uh, the church said very little about suicide. As a matter of fact, it was not until uh, St. Augustine came on scene, he was the first to speak about it, and he basically said it was unlawful and uh, it indicated a person had a weak mind. And then in the 13th century, uh, Thomas Aquinas, uh, he came out and he spoke about it and he mentioned that it was against the Sixth Commandment. It was not until the Council of Arles in 453, 452 that there was a church council for the first time that condemned suicide. And then the Council of Orleans 
553 ordered that the offerings and the oblations uh, be refused for anyone who had committed suicide. And then in 563, the Council of Braj, uh, they denied religious rites and burial to anyone that committed suicide. And in 693, the Council of Toledo uh, punished attempted suicide with exclusion from the Fellowship of the Church for two months. And then during the Middle Ages, um, civil law uh, began to follow the church teaching on this matter and prohibited suicide. And so as a result, several things happened. For example, the bodies of those who committed suicide would drive through the streets. On other occasions, a, a stake was driven through their heart, and sometimes they were left uh, unburied at a crossroads so that the dogs and animals could eat them. Other times they were hung on a gallows to allow their bodies to rot. It was not until 1882 that Britain ordered that um, suicide victims be given normal burials. But the church uh, clearly has not had um, a clear definitive attitude towards suicide. And it has really, um, I would say, been very harsh on those who committed the act of suicide uh, by not burying them, by exposing their bodies to be rotted, etc., etc. So the, the church doesn't have a good history of dealing with uh, people who commit acts of suicide. And um, fortunately today, in our present modern world, people have far more much understanding of the issue. And of course, um, I'm not aware of any uh, churches currently that um, refuse to bury people who have committed suicide. But that is, in in gist and in essence, the the whole uh, gamut of history in connection with uh, the church's attitude towards suicide. How common is suicide? Very uh, um, common in, in terms of, let me give you some statistics that might help. Uh, these statistics, by the way, are taken for the, um, the Center for Disease Control in America. Unfortunately, in the Caribbean, we have a paucity of, of, of statistics. It, it, we don't know where to get statistics from, so we can't speak in regard to what it is in the Caribbean. But generally speaking, uh, whatever happens in America, it just takes a little while before it trickles down here. So I suppose that what goes on in America... Uh, Actually, it's a reflection of what uh, we will find down here. I'm told that it's the 10th leading cause of death for all ages. Um, Every day, I'm told that 105 Americans die by suicide. Uh, um, One death every uh, 12 minutes. Uh, 38,000 Americans commit suicide every year. It's estimated that a quarter million of people um, survive uh, attempted suicide. Um, there is one suicide for every four estimated suicides. Um, in terms of globally, uh, 800,000 die from suicide um, globally. Uh, this is one death of suicide every 40 seconds. And his second leading cause of death in the world for those ages uh, 15 to 24. And the leading cause of it, of course, is um, depression. There's also... Uh, a, is somehow gender-related. For example, males are four times higher than females in terms of who, who would commit suicide. Uh, now, females attempt suicide more frequently than men, but uh, in, in a lot of cases, uh, they survive because they're crying out for help. Mm-hmm. Men are more apt that when they're going to decide and coincide that they commit suicide. So why females attempt suicide three times more than men uh, men's rate is four times higher than females. Um, the other factor is <clears throat> uh, females 
experience depression twice at the rate of men, and that may explain why they attempt suicide more frequently, but yet it's more a silent cry for for help than to the actual act of suicide. Um, the other factor is age. The prevalence of suicidal thoughts and suicidal planning among the ages 18 to 25 um, is very, very, very severe. Uh, as a matter of fact, the third leading cause of death uh, for ages 15 to 24 is by suicide. So that's a very critical, uh, critical age, 15 to 24. And I think that that is very significant. The other fact I think that might be important is that the sexual-oriented people and the gender identity problem, lesbians and gays and bisexual are three times more likely to attempt suicide than people who are straight. And um, lesbian, gays, and bisexuals and young people who are the byproduct of these unions are eight times more likely to attempt suicide. 41% of all transgender people, for example, attempt suicide at some point in time. Those are just some rough, raw statistics that give you an idea that we have a serious problem on our hand and the church has to try to address it as best as it can. One statistic that really jumped out at me, and again, this is from the United States, There are twice as many people die in the United States every year from suicide as there are from homicides. Hmm. That's a staggering statistic. Um, I think here in Antigua, I don't remember if it was this year or last year, we, um, we've had some uh, young people committing suicide, and it seems to me that the the main means of suicide in the Caribbean is like taking gramoxone, hmm. uh, which is a chemical. In, in, in America, it's with men, it's, it's the gun. And um, with females, it's normally some form of poisoning. Uh, Men seem to take it. um, Men, men, men seem to be far more serious when they have said that they're going to commit suicide than women. Uh, But I think that's a staggering statistic for America. Everybody look at America as the land of promise Mm -hmm. with opportunity, and it's hard to conceive with the level of prosperity in America that yet you have so many distraught Americans who are willing to take and terminate their lives. Uh, that should be an interesting t- statistic for us down here in the Caribbean who think that development uh, will solve all your problems. There are problems that come with development that uh, are astronomical and people cannot cope with it. We have a WhatsApp message that came in from the UK. Thank you for the individual who sent it. Uh, start out with a statement and then followed by a question. For some people, suicide is a quick action, but for some, it's a long time coming. Would you say that a person has to be demonized to commit suicide? I I have um, I can say that in a negative immediately. Uh, I I don't think it's a matter of a uh, person being demonized to commit suicide. I do feel that um, people can have things that happen to them that are very traumatic. For example, women who have been raped. Uh, women who are being sexually abused by their father, their parents, whatever, um, they live with pain that is indescribable. Uh, they don't feel that they're of value, they demean themselves. They're, 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 they're trying to wrestle with something that is so traumatic that there are times they have great bouts of depression. And depending on their circumstances, um, it is possible to have a moment of insanity and for a person to commit uh, suicide. So I don't think you can attribute suicide to uh, demonic activity. However, if you go into the New Testament, you'll find that the young lad that our Lord met, uh, his father brought him and said he'd cast himself into the fire. 
So it's very, very clear that demonic activity can uh, motivate a person to commit suicide. But I think it's doing a great disservice to those people who are going through emotional pain to suggest that um, it is all because of of demons. I, I don't support that. I don't agree with that. Pastor, is it possible for a Christian to commit suicide, a true Christian to commit suicide? If he is human, whether he be Christian or non-Christian, the realm of possibility is always there. I have often said from the pulpit, anything any man has ever done, everybody is capable of doing. And that also refers to a believer. Um, I think it is possible for a believer to reach a very, very low point. uh, And I think it's possible for that believer in that moment of irrationality, uh, you might want to call it a moment of insanity, to do something very rash that they would probably in their somewhat sober moments and reflective moments uh, desist from it. But I think you can reach a stage as a believer that that can happen. Um, it doesn't mean that God is going to intervene in every case and rescue everybody. Um, God is sovereign. We don't fully understand why God doesn't prevent certain things from happening. But I think um, if you want to be um, honest and open and scriptural, I think we have to understand that anything anybody has done, a believer in the wrong frame of mind, uh, in a moment of great depression, uh, I can see a person uh, committing suicide who's a believer. I um, know of a, a pastor in one of the islands, I can only share this, I'm not going to call the name, uh, who had been through a tremendous time of depression for almost two years, could not even preach for two years, basically. And I, I learned that one of the problems that you could get into deep depression that you have suicidal thoughts. Um, as a matter of fact, the medication was what really, um, I would say, kept the person from going in a certain direction. But clearly it, uh, it was so painful and so dreadful. Thoughts of, uh, you know, it, it's a reality that it can happen. Um, and we must not burden uh, families with the pain of believing that the person is damned because they commit suicide if they come from a Christian family. I think we need to understand that there are traumatic moments in a person's life and real deep depression that a person, a moment of insanity or irrationality, can uh, commit an act impulsively. So committing suicide or suicide is not the unpardonable sin? There's only one unpardonable sin in the Bible. I mean, it's very, very clear that the Bible says the only unpardonable sin recorded in Scripture is that uh, a person attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to demons. And I'm not even sure that that can be repeated today because I think that was more related to knowing that Jesus was the Son of God and he was casting out demons and then uh, saying that he's cast them out with Beelzebub uh, I think those people w- willfully, knowingly saw divine power and uh, acted and uh, made uh, a claim that this was an act of demons rather than Christ. And Christ at that time said that such a sin will not be forgiven in this life or the life to come. So there's only one unpardonable sin in the Bible. And uh, unless we want to add to the scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Why is suicide wrong? Suicide is, is, is self-destruction, is self-death. It's a person uh, taking a life that God has given as a gift. Now, the Bible tells us that God gives life and God takes life. Uh, so that person is, um, rather than trusting God and depending upon God, have found themselves in a situation where pretty much they've given up hope. Um, there may be reasons for this that we'll maybe discuss later. 
but it is wrong because it's a taking of life which God has given as a gift. And God that gives that life also sustains that life. So that person is, is taking um, what God has given and, and uh, playing the role of God because God gives life and God takes life. The individual is trying to cut short his existence and uh, he's arrogating himself a power that God hasn't given to him. Had a, another WhatsApp question come in, and you've already touched on this topic, but uh, it came from Antigua via WhatsApp. If a person commits suicide who is a Christian, does he go to heaven? And then follow up with that. For those who lose hope and commit suicide, do they lose their salvation since they lost hope? It all boils down to what people understand of salvation. What, okay. How is a person saved? And uh, is a person saved eternally or is he saved temporarily? Is his salvation dependent on whether or not he, he, uh, he has some kind of works where he holds out to the end? The biblical teaching on salvation is, is, is very, very basic and very, very fun, fundamental. Uh, it has to do with a person putting their faith and trust in the propitiatory work of Christ on the cross for their sins. When a person exercises faith in Christ, the Bible says that God forgives that person their sin, and that person is sealed until the day of redemption. Um, when a person is saved uh, as Baptists, and I'm not just referring to um, independent Baptists, there, there are other groups as well, but we believe that once a person has put their faith and trust in Christ, really repented and trusted Christ as Savior, at that moment, that person becomes a born-again believer, that person's name is written down in heaven. That person is sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Uh, so, if you, it all depends on your, your on your doctrine of salvation. If you believe that when a person is saved, he becomes a child of God, he's adopted into God's family, he's baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, he's sealed until the day of redemption, uh, and he has eternal life. If you believe that, there is nothing that can be done that can break that that relationship with God. Um, so when a person commits suicide as a believer, if he's a genuine, authentic believer, he's going to the same heaven that you and I am going to go to. And by the way, let me ask a question. When we begin to categorize sin now, uh, let me ask you another question. So if, if okay, he commits suicide, he doesn't go to heaven, what is a person who commits adultery or commits fornication? Are you saying that uh, sin, or one sin, will keep a person out of heaven who has put his faith and trust in Christ? Well, again, the Bible t- teaches very clearly that Christ not only died for our past sin, our present sin, but he died for our future sin. The sin question has been settled. There's now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So the sin issue is completely over for the believer. Uh, so you, you, you're now going to make, you're going to create what is called double jeopardy. Christ already died for all sin, not just past, not only present, but the future. And now you're, you're going to hold a future sin against the, the believer so that he's excluded from heaven because of a sin. You will never have peace and understanding and joy in the Christian life unless you understand that the sin question is settled for the believer. So long as you believe that you can commit some sin that will take you out of heaven, you can never have assurance and you always live in a state of tension, you can never enjoy the Christian life. You can never enjoy the relationship. So would it be true to say, though, that it won't affect your salvation, but it may affect your rewards when you get to heaven? Definitely. Uh, again, this is the, the, the matter issue for the believer. Uh, the sin question has been settled. 
at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, we are going to receive rewards. And a believer may forfeit his reward as a result of a committed suicide, but he is not in any way threatened with eternal damnation or any outer darkness either. Uh, and he will be either receive a reward or he would lose a reward. That's what the Bible teaches in connection with the Bema Seed of Christ when we stand before him. Uh, another question from the UK that just came in. So does suicide fall under not having self-control, seeing this as part of the fruit of the Spirit? I suppose uh, if you want to um, put it under that heading, you, you probably could put it under the heading. But I think it's more a person becoming somewhat um, depressed, delusion, disillusioned, uh, losing the perspective in life. How many of us lose sight of Christ when we're going through some financial crisis or some something to do with our kids or the doctor gives the bad news about cancer? Uh, we can lose our perspective in, in those cases. It's just that this is a deeper level now, in my judgment. It's said that over 5 million Americans have attempted suicide and failed. Is it a sin to have suicidal thoughts? That's a very provocative question. Um, is it a sin to have sexual thoughts? Is it a sin uh, to find that you have same-sex attraction? Uh, look, our minds um, are so depraved. Um, um, I think dwelling on it, but the idea of the, it passing through your mind... Uh, I would not see that as sinful. I think if you... Uh, the, the, it's like me thinking a, a lustful thought. Um, there are times when thoughts come into your mind, you didn't plan that. It's just as though it just came right through your brain and some of the worst thoughts can come through your mind. So I don't think the thought itself. I think it's dwelling on the thought that would constitute sin. If someone confides in me that they're having suicidal tendencies or thoughts, but make me promise to not tell anyone. What do you suggest? Well, it, it depends on the law of a country. For example, it's in California, for example, if a person uh, calls and speaks about um, their suicidal law, you, you are by law obligated to pass that information on to the government officials. So you can't promise something that, uh, it, that is illegal. You can be charged uh, when it's learned later, let, let's suppose the person actually commits suicide, mm -hmm. and then it is learned that you were privy to information you didn't give it, you can be charged. Okay. So you must not promise somebody um, what you can't fulfill legally. What I would say to the person that you can promise them, listen, I will do nothing to hurt you. I think that's a proper thing to do. But uh, generally speaking, when somebody talks about suicide, uh, you don't take that lightly. Uh, most people that talk suicide commit suicide. That's a statistical fact. Uh, so it's not something that is so simplistic that you can just totally ignore and be oblivious to. Uh, you must take this thing seriously. Uh, but don't promise somebody something. I don't know what the laws of Antigua states in, in regards to these matters. I know that counselors have certain um, confidentiality that exists between counselors and not between doctors and, and patients. But I'm not too sure if there's law in the books of Antigua that would require, uh, for example, let me use another illustration. In the U.S. Uh, territory, sorry, um, take, take um, sexual abuse of a minor. That has to be reported. 
You cannot have knowledge of that and not report it and it's later discovered that you had that knowledge. You can be charged. Now, in the Caribbean, up to this point in time, it's not legally required that if I know a minor has been sexually abused that I have to report them. But in America, you have to do it. So it depends on where you're ministering. You've got to find out the laws of the land. Otherwise, you can put your whole self in jeopardy. You can be legally um, responsible um, for not giving information that ought to be given to government authorities. have a WhatsApp message that came in from the U.S. Thank you for the individual who sent it. A lot of emphasis this, these days is placed on self-love. Would you say it is selfish to love self? And if it is, do you think that has anything to do with the prevalence of suicide? We, we in the Western world have become so self-conscious, so self-centered. Um, we have made an idol of self. It is natural that a person uh, loves them. Even those people who think they're not attractive by the look how much time they're spending in the mirror trying to make themselves look <laughs> as best as possible. So we naturally love ourselves. Um, but the biblical emphasis is to crucify the self, is to deny the self. Uh, but we have bought into what I call a psychological... Um, psychology has infiltrated the church and the self has been put on a pedestal, as it were, and uh, the whole focus is on the individual self. That is completely contrary to Scripture. Uh, the focus is on Christ and on others. And by the way, if you try to uh, find happiness by just focusing on yourself, you never find it. You find happiness in service, whether service to God or service to others. It is an appendage that comes, a byproduct, of service, you don't they don't focus on on that alone, and I I I think I, I I kind of agree with you somewhat that with all of this emphasis on self, and uh, and by the way, um, and the society in which we live have done everything to make us dissatisfied with ourselves. We're never attractive enough. We're never thin enough. We don't eat well enough. We don't wear enough the right right, right clothing. The, the whole media. Uh, of, of uh, commercialization is designed to create dissatisfaction with ourselves. So here we are obsessed with self, but we can't come up to the standard of what the self should be. And I can see that leading uh, to a person becoming narcissistic, and then after becoming narcissistic, becoming self-centered, and then becoming disillusioned with self, and who, who knows, it could be possibly linked to suicide. But we need to move away from this focus on the self, focus on Christ and serving others, and learn to sacrifice ourselves and deny ourselves. Uh, Christ said that's when we find life. What are some of the warning signs or the risk factors that lead to suicide? Several things. Um, let me uh, mention um, some of these things uh, to you tonight. Um, sometimes there might be um, people who have mood swings and they have a mental disorder. Um, uh, schizophrenia is, is fairly common. Uh, psychologists call it anxiety, uh, which is about worry. They call it anxiety disorders. We call it worry. Um, but generally speaking, if there is a, a, a neurotic situation, uh, and, uh, and the person is having tremendous swings in their mood and having these um, personality disorders, etc. Another factor, of course, is the people who use alcohol and, uh, and use, substance, use substances. They have a more 
inclination towards suicide, the, the guy that doesn't use that. Um, the other thing is that sometimes a person have a major physical or chronic illness, especially if that um, particular illness has somehow incapacitated them or if it's extremely painful. Uh, that's a, that person is at risk. Um, another thing is um, if the person's had previous attempts at suicide, uh, chances are that um, they probably would eventually commit suicide in some form. So that's a risk factor. Once you know it's been tried before, it wasn't successful. That's a clear amber light that you've got to give a caution. You need to be warned. Then if the f- there's a family history of suicide, that sometimes plays an impact on how risky it is for a person to commit suicide. If a person's also suffered a, a loss, a major loss, maybe a friendship, a relationship, uh, this is what happens a lot of times with young people when they lose their girlfriend and uh, the 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 uh, the embarrassment that their uh, girlfriend has gone off with another guy, whatever it is. But that's a loss. Anytime you've had a significant loss in life, uh, it can lead to a mess, uh, depression. the The other thing, another risk factor, is dependent on the access to lethal means of committing suicide. That is why it is so common. Uh, in America to use the gun because con- gun- guns are so common in America. Here in the Caribbean, it's the gramoxone that's available at the drugstore or the, the chemical store. Uh, and then if a person seems to have la- lacked social support and um, maybe the family disowned them, the family um, ashamed of them, and they're driven into isolation, nobody can live in isolation. We are we are beings that were created to be social beings. And when a person's put in the position we're now in, in faced with uh, loneliness, that could create that. And then another factor, of course, that there are cultural and religious groups that believe the noble thing when you're embarrassed or for honor to commit suicide. So those are, are, are some of the factors. The other, other thing I would mention is um, depression. Uh, that is a major factor. Uh, it's probably the major factor why people commit uh, suicide and another one would be revenge so uh, and then the other one too is um, if you want to escape from a particular burden that you're carrying uh, a lot of old people for example uh, choose suicide because they say that they didn't want to be a burden to the family Mm -hmm. the financial burden to the family and they commit suicide for that Uh, and then the other one is overwhelming grief Uh, I was reading recently of a, a guy who was driving his vehicle and his best friend got killed when he got into a crash, and he couldn't take it. He took his own life. Hmm. He's so grieved over the fact that he was responsible for his best friend's death that he committed suicide. But when it all boils down, uh, the major concept behind it all is a sense of hopelessness. Uh, when you lose hope, the human spirit is so crushed, it finds it hard to be willing to survive and to continue. I recently read an article in the New York Times, I believe it was, about a couple who had been married for over 60 years. They were both in their 90s, still in good health. They said they were still in love with each other, and they wanted to choose their time of death and to die together. In the article I read, it was portrayed as a beautiful ending to a beautiful love story, how these two people wanted to die holding hands while life was still good. So they, uh, I believe it was in Canada, uh, committed uh, suicide or had physician-assisted suicide. Do you see that from the Christian worldview as a beautiful ending to a love story? That's a terrible, 
ending <laughs> to a love story. Uh, our thinking is so twisted today. Uh, and, and let me just say, that, you know, it's God that sets the standards and that, that, that sets the norms. But again, as we move away from the Judeo-Christian faith and we've gone uh, into secular thinking, uh, we are buying more and more into pop psychology, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, taking of one's life is not a right that we have. That is, God has that right. God gives life and God takes life. And it's deceptive for anybody to believe that they are doing something beautiful. Uh, here you are, you've been married for a period of years, you're happy together, you want to die together. Uh, that is a total deception of the enemy itself. Uh, that can never be sworded biblically, and certainly is contrary to Scripture. And uh, so, in my judgment, that um, was a tragedy. Pastor Murphy, we have a caller on the line. Go ahead. Uh, good evening to you, Pastor Murphy. Good evening, sir. Um, good evening to you. Um, help I've been listening to you for weeks now on this program, right? And I'm a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? I, and the topic tonight is about suicide. And let me explain something to you at the start. And then ask you two questions. I have a sister who was supposed to be a Christian, okay? She even used to write gospel songs and she sing a lot of gospel in churches and so on. Uh-huh. And she had a, what I refer to as a mental breakdown because she didn't have a boyfriend. She was eligible in her 40s and she didn't have, get married. She had no children. But she just keep on um, going on like what we call a person depressed and going off then. And she had to end up in the mental home. Yeah. When I went to visit her one in the mental home in my presence, she asked the doctor to give her some pills or some kind of medication so that she can go to sleep and die to take her life. Mm-hmm. She told me on more than one occasion that she, she been, she's seen heaven and how heaven is beautiful and she'd like to go there. But she was really more desirous of going there. Like, I was going the wrong way. She wanted to find someone to you know, give her even some kind of medication that she can go and get far from this life, right? Yeah. What happened now? Soon after, she ended up passing off in the same mental room, okay? Uh-huh. I, I don't know if they gave her the medication, medication as she pleaded with them for, but she passed off in the mental room. So I know what you're saying about depression. It can work, and Christians can do commit suicide. Another thing I realized in the scripture that a person can be born again as we confess, and yet the scripture says someone shall depart from the faith and give heed to seduction, spirit and darkness the devil. Yeah. So to me, a person can be in the faith and then depart from the faith. And then they can fall astray and never again, like I say, repent again, I say, okay, ask God forgiveness. But I'm not saying that's what happened to my sister. Yeah. Listen to you over the weeks, right? I find that you're very, very knowledgeable to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you very much. I appreciate good, good that. God bless. God bless you as well. Thank you for that call. I, I, I find him sympathetic with what he's saying. Um, it goes back to the fact that it, the only difference I would differ with him on, basically, is that um, he believes a person can certainly lose their salvation. A person can apostatize in the faith and, uh, and so on. I would differ with that. Um, apostates, uh, in my judgment, are people who were never saved, people who professed to be believers but never really trusted the Lord and uh, they go back on the faith. A person that is genuinely, authentically saved is sealed until the day of redemption. They had the Holy Spirit indwelling the person. So I think we need to differentiate between an apostate uh, who goes away who has never been saved and a believer who um, has trusted the Lord uh, but a backslidden 
and uh, that person is still safe. It all goes back to the matter of interpretation, but we believe in eternal security. We believe, and I believe, that when Christ died for my sin, he died for my past, present, and future sin. The sin question for the believer is completely settled. Completely settled. Paul said there is now therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. So condemnation is passed as far as the believer in respect to sin. Um, so I, that's where I would differ with the, the caller um, on that aspect of it. What advice do you have for a family who has a family member who is struggling with suicidal thoughts or maybe even has attempted suicide and has failed? Uh, my, my counsel to that person is that you have to find out what's the rationale, what's the, what's the thinking. Um, until you try to find out and try to trace what's the origin of this um, this 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 self hate this this desire to c- c- uh, commit self murder, I think it's important for you to try to to discover that. Uh, I would advise you to try to get a, a pastor or a good Christian counselor to sit down with that individual, have a thorough um, conversation with them, and there is a there is a a, a form by the way. Um, that it's very, very helpful in trying to discern what is the suicidal intent of an individual. Um, I have that form that uh, can be administered to an individual and based on the questions that they ask, that are that, that asked and answered, uh, it gives you an idea as to what are the real possibilities. Uh, if the score is anyway like um, 33, 43 on, on this particular um, um, uh, form, you pretty much can know that there's a suicidal intent. But I think it's important to try to find out uh, what's causing this desire to commit murder and try to get somebody to, to sit and counsel that individual, talk with that individual. But above all, I think you need to give that person hope. Christian hope has to be given to that individual. Um that would be my my initial counsel to the person. I think it's important not knowing the individual, not knowing what they've been been through, not knowing the reason for wanting to commit suicide, not knowing what was done after the first act was attempted. Um, but I think it's important to dis- try to discover the rationale and the reasoning behind, and then address those issues. Sometimes a problem seems quite overwhelming, but you need to cut down that problem. In, in small segments and then begin to focus on solutions on those small elements in the problem so that it becomes more manageable. Uh, so I think that counsel is needed uh, in, in that, that regard. What about advice that you would give to a family who has had a f- family member or a loved one who has committed suicide? How do you get over that? How do you move past it? And do you? I, I don't know if you can ever move, ca- move past the idea that somebody in your family committed suicide. Um, what I would say is that if there is a pain and anguish that is there, um, I think you need to be very honest by looking at what really could have caused the... Was there something in the family that contributed towards it? Um, were the person, was the person crying out for help and, um, you know, either... I'm um, not too sure if it was what the need was, but that need wasn't met. If there is a sense of guilt, that somehow the family has been contributory towards the act of suicide. My simple counsel to you would be this. Get before God and pour your heart before God. If you think there's anything that would lead you to think that you might have contributed, pour that on the altar. 
confess to God and ask God for healing. Uh, but as long as there's this pain and there's a sense of guilt, you'll always have this thing, this guilt trip coming back again. So settle this core once and forever and, uh, and, and deal with it with confession and forsaken. Uh, I, I, that's my approach to it. But I am not too sure that you ever really will get over it. But uh, for conscience sake, uh, you need to get whatever needs to be done between you and the Lord and the family and um, take whatever remedial measures in terms of your, 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 your prayer and your confession to God and, and, and get some cleansing. That, to my mind, is the only solution. By the way, um, how do you offer hope to a man who's committed murder uh, or committed uh, a guy who has lived a homosexual life all of his life? Again, how does he ever get that out of his memory, out of his mind? He wrestles with that, but he gets his 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 his, his, uh, his whole life cleaned up by confessing before God. The enemy will always throw that back at him, but he has to go back to the cross again and be grounded in, in Scripture and understanding what the cross has done for him. Other than that, there's no other solution. We have a caller on the air. Uh, go ahead. Yes, good evening. Good evening. Um, doesn't the scripture tell us of the Lord that thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee? Of course, it a says that. A person who do things of committing suicide, isn't it because their minds are not on the Lord? Yeah, I agree with that. On the Lord? Yes, I agree with that. It's not, the mind is not on the Lord, for sure. And also, when Jesus met with the Pharisees, when they confronted him with his disciples not washing their hands before they eat bread. Yes. Um, he says, eating without, without your hand being washed before you eat uh -huh. does not defile a person. But what comes out? But he said, what comes out of the heart? And also he said, what comes out of the heart? One of the things he said is evil thoughts. Yes. And these defile a man. Correct. So when a man sits down and thinks of committing suicide, one, his mind is not still on the Lord, and then it's an evil thought. Yeah, yeah we agree with that. I don't, a man. I don't dispute that, sir. You're correct. Mm -hmm. But the point that we're trying to make is that there are moments in a believer's life when you can go through a traumatic experience or you can experience um, depression, deep, dark depression, and you can become irrational, you can become moody, um, you can become psychotic, become neurotic, you can make um, terrible decisions, uh, but that does not exclude you from, from heaven if you made a... I mean, a person becomes so distraught, maybe they've lost a loved one, or maybe they've um, discovered that they have a, you know, I'm not too sure what scenario can draw to your attention that might cause somebody to, to want to go that way, because that would not be my thinking. But clearly, there are people who are so overwhelmed by a loss, or a tragedy, or pain, um, something has happened to them that's so traumatic, why they should turn to the Lord and find recovery and find forgiveness and pardon. Uh, there are some people who have a dark side to them, and they go, rather than turn to the Lord, they are mentally confused, and in a moment of, say, insanity, they can make a decision that is, um, can't be changed, which is like self-murder. Uh, again, what 
is a person saved um, my judgment is that a person is saved eternally saved uh, when a person becomes converted and even though we make mistakes uh, that one simple mistake will not keep a person out of heaven the question would be how many mistakes we need to make to keep out of heaven so when we come to the point where we start taking numbers and trying to decide on the basis of how many sins a person commits um, that leads us to a state of confusion but the Bible says there is no therefore no condemnation of them that in Christ Jesus so a believer is eternally saved but he may commit some of the worst sins die in that sin and not be lost do you think Solomon was lost? after he went to idolatry yeah you think he was lost? Well, Jesus spoke of him, he don't speak of him in a sense that he is lost. That's my point. Solomon went in his old age, he became a fool. The wisest man became a fool because he allowed women to turn his mind again from God and to practice idolatry. But that, that, that last moment did not keep him out of heaven. And it would not keep a person who's committed suicide out of heaven if they're born again believers. as well. Thank you very much for the calls this evening. Thank you for your WhatsApp questions and your text questions. We look forward to being able to continue this topic next week. Thank you for listening to That's Truth. Keep your radio dial tuned to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, your source of truth in the Eastern Caribbean. The time is 829. Thank you for joining us for today's program. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses the truths shared from God's Word to strengthen your faith. Now you've heard it. That's truth. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear more answers to life's questions on That's Truth, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time.